Health equity. So I'll be honest, Graham, with you and our listeners, I don't know what health equity is. In fact, I just heard the term pretty recently. So can you help me understand what is health equity? Yeah, sure, Melissa. I think when I think of health equity, I I certainly have a lived experience of it, but I also understand some of the definitional terms around it. I think at its basis, there's a premise that all people are valued equally and that injustice is both recognized and rectified. Health equity means that uh, everybody has a fair, even just opportunity to be as healthy as possible. That requires removing obstacles to health, like poverty and discrimination and their consequences. And it means that we have to be active participants in creating a community and a society that does treat people fairly and is just. Health equity is the issues related to these concepts that affect health of people and their communities. So people in poverty, people in underdeveloped areas, is that health equity? Well, Health equity or equity in health implies ideally that everyone should have this fair opportunity to attain their full health potential, and no one should be a disadvantage from achieving that potential. And we work hard as health professionals to create a system that is designed to support people to achieve that potential. But it's not just the health systems that have to be evolved. The entire infrastructure that supports employment and education and nutrition and the growth of people and communities and a public health infrastructure and the way in which we provide primary care. All of those feed up to what contributes to health equity or its absence. You did medical school and your junior practice outside of the U.S. How does your experience help you understand health equity here in the U.S.? Yeah, I when grew up and went to medical school and, and did my early years of training in Ireland, where I'm from. And in Ireland, there's a universal healthcare system and there's a private healthcare system. There are a variety of social safety nets. There's universal education. There's free university. A lot of systems are in place to provide and optimize public health. And that's very different from some of my experience living and working in Massachusetts and now living, working in Illinois. And in particular, where I see patients is a federally qualified health center, which means that patients in many cases are have poverty, have homelessness, have a variety of other social determinants of health that are impairing their ability to achieve optimal health. That perspective and the difficulty I have in doing what I know my patient needs because of the limitations of the healthcare infrastructure for patients of limited means shows me that there is a different way of doing it. And that's not to say that the Irish way or the US way is better or worse. They're very different from each other. They have different values associated with them. And my ability to provide quality care is limited in each system in a variety of different ways. That has informed my view of healthcare in America and my role as a doctor here. You're a modern family. How does that pertain to health equity? I suppose you could call us a modern family. We're an immigrant family. We're family created through adoption. We're a mixed-race family. We have a same-sex family. And for many, those are factors that can affect their access to healthcare, the way they're treated in the healthcare environment, their access to health equity. And while those haven't been challenges for our particular family, at least not this point in time, I, of course, want a world that eliminates the potential that those factors could affect the health outcome for my two daughters. 
And I want a world that is blind to these various factors that, at least historically, have limited access to equal opportunity in healthcare for people who have those dimensions associated with them. What examples of dimensions uh, might be considered important for health equity? Well, health status varies by a whole series of dimensions, whether it's uh, race or ethnicity, gender, income, education, physical disability, cognitive disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, even your place of residence. All of those are going to factor into the components of health that you're able to obtain. In many cases, if those are different or if they are in a minority status, if you have a learning disability, if you live in an underserved area, if you are African-American, you're going to see a variety of different limitations on your ability to succeed and achieve your full potential in health in many circumstances, but of course not all. And what's the difference between health disparities and health equity? Well, health disparities include problems like infant mortality, all-cause mortality, life expectancy, the actual measurable outcomes of a system that is unequal. So if you don't have health equity, you will see a differential infant mortality, overall mortality or survivability for people uh, who have the dimensions we just mentioned. How does primary health care help address health equity? Primary health care is essential to addressing issues in health equity because providing care in the community as well as care through the community, it helps patients, it helps people in the community, it helps healthcare professionals in that community address not only individual and family needs, but also the broader issues of public health and the needs of the defined populations there. It's essential that care is available where people are so that it can be grounded in the needs and values of that community. And some people think that health equity only exists in third world countries. Has that been your experience? I work in a federally qualified health center, which means a lot of my patients have issues related to poverty or homelessness or other health status variation that makes them uh, limited in their ability to uptake or achieve optimal health. And it's clear to me that we have not achieved health equity here in the United States, not by any stretch of the imagination. And that's been demonstrated time and time again through decades of surveillance and research that have demonstrated the persistence, the frustrating persistence of health disparities and morbidity and mortality, particularly among racial and ethnic minority groups and those of lower socioeconomic status. And we're talking about literally over a trillion dollars of money lost because of low productivity and outcomes and a lot of money that will be saved if we were able to eliminate these pervasive health disparities. We could do a lot better as a society if we took care of each other and provided equal and effective care, but also equal opportunity for things like housing and nutrition and education. So what's the role of CME in how can it help bridge the gap? Well, it seems impossible, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like these are such gargantuan problems of social inequity, the social determinants of health, achieving uh, an equal society seems completely unachievable. But in many ways, education, insight, conveying responsibility through education are ways in which we can inform the dialogue, inform care expectations, and activate health professionals to engage in these problems. If we don't, then our role as advocates for our patients is lost. 
and we will be subsumed into providing only concierge-level care for patients who can afford high levels of, of payments and enriching ourselves off the back of uh, our profession. That's not consistent with our role and responsibility as physicians to care for people and do so over our own self-interests. Our responsibility is to address health equity issues in our communities, to volunteer our time, to care for patients regardless of their ability to pay, to uh, provide insightful care that is responsive to the dynamics in the environment, to fight for coverage for patients when it's needed, to connect patients with a variety of services that are available and ensure we can do the best for them in the context of the situation that we all find ourselves in. Those are all very important sentiments. But I just want to back up for a minute because I heard you touch on social determinants of health. What does that mean? Well, health is determined by a whole series of factors, not just your access to medical care. Uh, Social determinants of health might mean that if you have access to good food, nutritious food, you will likely have better health. If you have access to education that helps you make better, for example, food choices. If you have access to sidewalks where you can exercise. If you have access to early learning centers where your children can grow and thrive. If you have access to antenatal care. These are economic and social determinants of what ultimately makes people healthy. If you don't have access to these things, and many communities do not, they are going to be limited from the very get-go, from the time they are conceived and born into this world, and their first few years of experience are not of being intellectually nurtured and given adequate nutrition. There are many limitations that come from that deprivation, and those social determinants of whether you achieve the fullest health that you could achieve versus being essentially the victim of your circumstances mean that some patients' outcomes are determined more by the social determinants of their environment than they are by access to healthcare. So there may be small things that people can do in their communities to help make these issues better. I know you don't have all the answers right now, but maybe people can start at the local level. Well, there's a whole series of things individual health professionals and CME providers can do. The first is to be attentive to the social determinants of health and the context of health equity when you're talking about any content area. It's kind of pointless to give generic advice about nutrition to patients who can't afford that food choice. You have to help clinicians help their patients by giving them tools and services that are responsive to the environment that they're in and allow them to help their patients the most, given that context. But in order to provide context-specific information to a patient, the clinician has to be sensitive to the fact that their context may be different. And it's not just by looking at the color of their skin. It's about making real inquiries. Do you have difficulty affording this medicine? Do you have difficulty affording your food? How do you get around? Do you have access to the internet to be able to look up things? These are very simple questions, but they take some time, and they require a curiosity and a sensitivity to these issues when taking care of real people. And if we can acculturate that through education and create expectations for our community of health professionals through education, then we will augment the likelihood that patients will have that experience of their healthcare provider. So developing a realistic care plan with patients. Absolutely. That's responsive to their real needs, not making assumptions about people, what they can afford, what they can get, what they're likely to be able to do, um, and how they'll do it, I think is key. 
being curious about those things so that you can then be responsive to them and not to be judgmental about them, just be curious about them, find out and respond accordingly. And many of our community are trained well to do that and do it every day and do it remarkably well. But not everybody does or can. And in particular, those are the folks that we can reach through education to help them do better and do terrifically well so their patients can have the best outcome. And do you have any examples of how you put this practice into care? Well, the patients that I see are a unique set for many urban environments across the United States. I think I take a very non-judgmental approach to the framework that my patients find themselves in. Some of my patients have limited access to food. Some of my patients are homeless. Some of my patients have literally no money whatsoever. So even accessing generic medicines that have extremely low copays is impossible for them. So finding ways to navigate the health system for patients like that and spending my time finding them a voucher program or a prepay program or even cheaper medicines is part of my job. And then helping understand that uh, for some patients, my values may not be theirs and helping navigate health appropriate choices that are aligned more with their values maybe than with mine is the way to help them achieve optimal health for them. Well, I think I have a better understanding now of health equity. Thanks for helping me understand, Graham. Oh, sure. Anytime. Um, Lovely to chat with you. If you enjoyed this conversation, we're always looking to extend the discussion on CME. Feel free to reach out with topics you'd like us to cover or let us know how you're addressing these issues in your organization. Thank you for listening and catch us on the next episode of Coffee with Graham.